Hey guys, thanks for joining me. Welcome back to another episode. My name is Clay, if you don't know me. So today I'm gonna to jump into another INFJ topic. If you don't know what an INFJ is, it's one of the 16 types, the Myers-Briggs personality types. Um, so if you have no idea what I'm talking about, maybe go do some research on that first. Um, you can go to a site like 16personalities.com and do your personality. Just a word of caution though, even doing a test like that is just sort of a starting point. And those, those tests are only accurate to a point and a lot of people get the wrong personality. So if it's something that you're interested in, um, you can sort of go down that road and explore that. So the INFJ personality, that's the one that I most closely relate to. I think for me, I have this tendency sometimes to sort of lose my confidence in issues if I can't fully figure it out. And ironically, that's kind of what this video is about today. It's, it's this obsession that INFJs can have with meaning and understanding. And I think it's a good thing, but it also can be a bad thing if it's unhealthy. I was actually listening to a Sora Psych and he was talking about the difference between INFJs and INTJs. And both the INFJ and INTJ have this introverted intuition cognitive function as their main function, their dominant function. And one thing he mentioned was that INTJs, they want meaning and they want understanding, but they only want it to the level that it is practical for something they're trying to do. And one thing that he said is INFJs will take that further and they will want to get to the bottom of things just for the sake of understanding it. And I totally relate with that. I, to be honest, sometimes I go on these benders of trying to understand things and it, sometimes it can take years. But why am I doing that? I can't really tell you exactly why other than I have this deep, almost need or desire to get to the bottom of things. Meaning is incredibly important to me. What is the underlying meaning of this? You know, it's like you can look at things in the world and you can see the face value of it. For example, you could listen to somebody say some words and then you could just leave it there. But the INFJs, right, we, will want to go underneath those words. What is this person really meaning? Is it different than what they're saying? So of course this extends out to all things, not just people. Um, it could be ideas and theories and trying to basically model the world and figure it out. All right, so like I was saying, a lot of this comes back to the dominant function of the INFJ, which is introverted intuition. So I'm gonna dive into that a little bit and explore like what is this elusive thing. Like, what is this intuition? What does that mean? I also want to talk a little bit about uh, the extroverted sensing that the INFJ has. It's sometimes called the in inferior function. I'll talk a little bit about that and whether that wording really captures it for me. But how does extroverted sensing and introverted intuition work together for an INFJ? And then lastly, I want to touch on this thing called the NITI loop. Maybe you've heard it. NI meaning introverted intuition. TI, meaning introverted thinking. And so there's this term, the NITI loop, and it's sort of this state that an INFJ can get into, and it's, it's a very stressful state. Um, so we'll talk a little bit about that as well and how that, that all relates to this meaning and understanding that INFJs seem to crave. So first things first, let me just get a few technical details out of the way. So all the personalities are made up of cognitive functions. 
There's eight cognitive functions and they're all put into a stack. The reason why there's 16 personalities is if you organize these eight cognitive functions into different orders, you end up with 16 different possibilities. And each cognitive function is like, it's like a tool that can be used for some kind of goal. It's sort of like, let's say you're building something. You could use two different tools, potentially, like you could hammer a nail or you could use like a screwdriver to screw a screw. Two different ways to achieve the same goal of like attaching two boards together. It's almost the way the cognitive functions are and different personalities favor different tools, different cognitive functions. So for example, an INTP and an INFP. So if, you know, T and an F, otherwise the same letters. An INTP will favor introverted thinking, which is like logic. So they will try to think their way through a decision. On the other hand, an introverted feeler, like an INFP, will try to almost use values and value-based logic to make their decisions. So they will come to these conclusions or values ahead of time, and then they will compare new information to those values and then make their decision. So you've got these two different types that are using different tools to make a decision. And they might even arrive at the same conclusion or they might arrive at completely different conclusions. But the point is, is they're kind of favoring these different tools. So an INFJ has got introverted intuition as its top function. And as long as an INFJ is healthy and their introverted intuition is healthy, they will use that as kind of their primary means of interacting with the world. So what is introverted intuition? It almost is a little elusive sounding. Um, so it's a perceiving function. And the difference between perceiving and judging functions, you know, thinking and feeling are judging functions, which, which means essentially that those are the functions that you make decisions with. Um, sensing and intuition are perceiving functions. It's almost the way that you gather data and also kind of like massage that data into conclusions. It's, it's, a, it's not really a decision-making process. It's more a gathering process or a perceiving process. I think at the root of it all, introverted intuition is trying to find meaning in things. So things come in and it's like a puzzle to discover the underlying meaning or to understand something fully. So in a lot of ways, it's about exploring ideas and perspectives. One thing that INFJs can do really well is try on different perspectives. So what if I think this for a moment? You know, how, how, do I, how would I you know, rationalize that idea? Or does that sound, does that make sense? It's almost like, here's all these puzzle pieces. How am I fitting these together? How can I predict an outcome here? And then the introverted thinking kind of comes in and looks at the logic of it all and like, does this make sense? Or is this just some crazy theory? So the perspectives thing I think is really interesting for INFJs because I have no problem trying on different perspectives. I will pretend almost in a way to be on one side and then I'll be on the other side. If I find somebody that has a really strong opinion, there's just something inside of me that sometimes likes to jump to the other side and play devil's advocate with them for a little bit and challenge their opinion just to see what they'll say, like to see do they have real reasons for this opinion? Um, do they have any proof? Do they have any evidence? Um, and then I kind of, I like to do this, I think, because for one, 
it helps me know if I can trust this person and their opinion. But also, sometimes I learn new things out of this process, like getting a person to defend their point of view. It's almost like a little debate. Sometimes it gets us into trouble. Actually, maybe a lot. <laughs> maybe a lot it gets us into trouble because there's a lot of people, especially people who don't have this introverted intuition process, they don't value the underlying meaning and the understanding quite as much as the INFJ. They don't really want to try a different perspective. So when they see you jumping to the other side, they assume that you're maybe not with them or maybe you're like the other. Um, it happens all the time actually with me. So let's say you've got a person who's like militaristic about vaccines and you know, they support vaccines, but it's, it's almost very strong opinions. And then on the other hand, you might have somebody that thinks vaccines are going to kill you. I love talking to these extreme people and I'll often kind of throw some counter ideas out and kind of see what they have to say. But often, these are the types of people I've noticed, they will then just assume I'm on the other side and almost slot me in as the enemy just because I've been asking some questions and I don't immediately validate their point of view. So I think sometimes INFJs can get in a little bit of trouble in that way. I think there's a bit of an art to kind of playing with ideas and perspectives while still making a person feel comfortable and um, maybe unattacked. You know, sometimes people feel interrogated or attacked. Sometimes that's their own issue and you can never really solve that problem. But I think there's, there's ideas on how we can make people feel more comfortable. I feel like it's a, a topic for another video though. All right, so every personality has an inferior function, so-called inferior. Um, I listened to a video recently and I will link to it and he was kind of challenging the idea of calling it an inferior function. Um, instead, he, he wanted to call it the, the oppositional function. And to be honest, what he was saying made a ton of sense to me. It seems like the inferior function is only inferior if really you haven't developed it or you haven't worked on it. Um, but if you have spent a lot of time, you know, working on your inferior function, maybe it's not really that inferior. Maybe it's something that, you know, it's never going to be as strong as your dominant function, but maybe it's fine. Maybe we should stop calling it the inferior function. So I kind of liked that logic actually, um, and the oppositional function. So for an INFJ to be healthy, you have to have strong introverted intuition to begin with, which should be easy for an INFJ because that's their dominant function. Sometimes in certain INFJs, you know, the introverted intuition has become weak or untrusted, especially if you grew up in an environment where your intuitions were never validated or worse, criticized continually and you became the type of person that almost doesn't trust yourself, doesn't trust your intuitions. So. That's a bad situation. But in order to be a healthy INFJ, you're gonna to have to have strong introverted intuition and you trust those intuitions. But what else do you need? The inferior function or oppositional function, as I almost like a better name, is extroverted sensing. Imagine introverted intuition like a puzzle and you're putting together puzzle pieces. Well, where are you getting these pieces from? You're gonna get that from the outside world and your extroverted sensing. What does that look like? Extroverted sensing is almost exactly what it sounds like. You're looking around at the world and you're seeing things at face value. It's like, hey, right there in front of me is a chair. It's brown. It's like observing the details and the nuances of that in 
the here and now in the world. You're not looking at the underlying meaning of this chair when you're using your extroverted sensing. You're taking in through your five senses. So you might you know, touch it and you're like, that's smooth or that's rough. Um, and I, and so this is one thing about the inferior terminology that has never really sat right with me. And when I listened to that video talking about, maybe we should call it an oppositional function, this, I really liked it, is what I'm saying. Because if, because an INFJ actually is quite good at observing. So INFJs are particularly interested in people, usually. Um, it's one of the main difference between the intuitive column of personalities and the thinkers. You know, so like an INTJ will be less interested in people, uh, but INFJs are quite interested in people because we've got this extroverted feeling and we're making our decisions based on, you know, the, the feelings of the group and social harmony. I think, I think a healthy INFJ will have good extroverted sensing because the nuances are important. So you're looking at a person and, you know, there's, some, there's something on their face. It's like their body language. Maybe it's the way they said a certain word. Um, your extrovert sensing is taking all this information in. And this is what I do all the time. I'm constantly looking at people. It's one thing I've noticed, and I've wondered if it's weird sometimes. Like, am I looking at people too much? But I will look at them because I'm trying to gather that information. It's like, hmm, is looking away, maybe they're nervous. It's like the extrovert sensing information comes in and then the introverted intuition starts to immediately gather a meaning behind it. But it's, it's not like a thinking process. It's just, it's in, intuition. It's like this general feeling immediately. So I'm always doing this. And sometimes it almost gets a little exhausting, to be honest. I, I, I almost need to actively shut it off sometimes. But I'll, I'll start making theories about people all the time. We'll be out, you know two people, maybe a couple, let's say they're married and there's something said, one says something, the other says something, and it's like all this information, like all evening, and then I come home and it's like, you know, I think they're, they're having troubles with their relationship and here's why and here's the things and, you know, I, it's just almost like I can't even help it. Um, another thing I've noticed, like say I'm walking through the mall, I just can't help but look at everybody. You know, people are walking by, I'm looking at them. It's like, why do I do that? I think oftentimes, this is why I think I get so burned out in sort of these high sensory environments. I'm good for a while, I'm taking it all in, but eventually it's almost like I exhaust myself with it and I just, it's like I get really tired and I can't take in any more information. And it's like at that point, it's almost like I flip to the other way where I'm, I almost just like retreat inside my head and I, it's like I can't take any more sensory information in. Um, so this extroverted sensing inferior thing is really interesting to me. You know, what does it mean? You know, now here I am trying to find the underlying meaning behind it. And I, it's almost like I'm not satisfied because I, I fully don't, like I fully haven't grasped it yet. But, you know, at its base, it is taking in from information using your five senses from the environment and then you're using that information to make conclusions with your introverted intuition. So introverted intuition likes metaphors and symbols. Here's a metaphor for what I think introverted intuition really is. It's, it's like a computer. 
It's like a data crunching computer. You're putting data in and then it's just doing stuff. It's, it's almost like a, an AI algorithm. I, you know, I got a degree in computer science. I actually specialized in computer graphics and AI. You know, that was quite a while ago now and I, I think a lot of the AI stuff has advanced more, but it's funny, a lot of the base about AI is just math anyway. Um, really complicated, horrendous math, to be honest. The interesting thing about machine learning algorithms is you feed this algorithm a whole bunch of data. Like let's say you feed it one million pictures of flowers. And then it has some training information so it knows, okay, this, these are all roses, these are all daffodils. And then it will go through and it will make its own rules about how to decide whether something's a rose based on the fact that you've told it it's a rose. And it's kind of a fascinating process because as a programmer, if you had to write a program to decide if something was a rose by looking at a picture, you'd be like, okay, well, first of all, is it, you know, does it, is it one of these colors that, that roses have? Or is, it, is the petal shape a certain way? Or is the overall shape? Or any of these characteristics that we would use to determine if it was a rose. We're walking through the forest and we're like, hey, what kind of flower is that? But the fascinating thing about machine learning algorithms is they come up with all these crazy rules that are way different than what a human would use. So in the end, it makes its own rules on how to decide what is a rose. And in the end, it's very fast, very efficient, and can be quite accurate. So I think this is an interesting metaphor for introverted intuition. It's almost like a computer. You're feeding data in, and it's spitting these conclusions out, you know, ideally. It could just be these half-baked theories, um, but it's, it's giving you these little tidbits that are sort of like puzzles put together already. So of course, you know, these theories don't have to be right. They don't have to be correct, really. It's based on the quality of the information in that will determine, you know, the quality of the conclusions. So sometimes INFJs, they get stuck in these bad places. And it's like, you know, they might be spending too much time alone, too much time inside their own heads. They're not taking any, you know, external information in. So, you know, INFJs need strong introverted intuition and strong extroverted sensing in order for these two functions to work well. Because if you have really weak extroverted sensing and all you have is strong introverted intuition, it's like you're not going to have any good data coming into the computer and you, know, you might come to completely incorrect conclusions. So what that looks like in a person is, you know, super spaced out, super just locked in their own head, um, people who are really prone to conspiracy theories. My thought is that perhaps their extroverted sensing isn't super developed. So INFJs and INTJs, I've noticed, are quite susceptible to this conspiratorial thinking, I guess you could call it. And, you know, if you're not taking in good data, let's say you're only listening to one source, uh, and it's a very manipulative source that's sort of manipulating data and giving you like incorrect facts, incorrect information. Your intuition will lock onto that and start forming all kinds of crazy theories. Um, so definitely something I've noticed. That's why it's really important to get good data. So somebody who's kind of stuck 
in SE only and they're not using their introverted intuition at all, it's like they're gonna be super short-sighted, they're gonna be really indulgent in sensory things. And so, you know, sometimes you see this in INFJs and INTJs, especially if we get overwhelmed, we're really stressed out or maybe depressed. It's like we can sometimes slip into this extroverted sensing obsession where we kind of have this tendency to take part in these quick fix sensory experiences to make ourselves feel better. So one thing as an INFJ, one thing that just I just love, I love this feeling. I love getting to the bottom of something and I love the feeling of it being done and concluded. Let's say I spent a week just diving into all this information and thinking about it and the logic and the, you know, sometimes you go down these rabbit holes for days, weeks, or even years. And if you can actually come to a conclusion about it, it feels really good to me. Um, I like that feeling. You know, it's harder when you find that something doesn't have a conclusion. There is no meaning that you can really lock down. There is no real understanding. Like you can't fully understand it. You know, in some ways, this whole personality theory, Myers-Briggs, the cognitive functions, in some ways it is it's very satisfying to me because I love to try to figure out people and I love to try to model human behavior. Why? So that I can predict the outcome. That's another thing about introvert intuition is it, it really loves to be able to predict an outcome. If it can't predict an outcome, it, you know, it's a little stressful. INFJs, you know, like let's say you're going somewhere a social event or a trip, some kind of work engagement. And let's say you it's something you've never experienced before, so you don't really have any past information. Um, I find that type of situation, and a lot of INFJs find that very stressful. And, um, you know, it's funny because my girlfriend, Lexi, also an INFJ, and like, let's say we're going on a trip, we're going somewhere we've never been, both of us, like for days before, we're just like a little stressed out, we're, we're anxious, like we're worried, and like it doesn't really go away until we get there and we realize that it's okay, everything's fine. I chalk all that up to the introverted intuition, really wanting to understand and predict things. That could be a situation, it could predict people, it could predict processes. Um, but if you can't predict it, it's stressful. So where do INFJs get stuck? Maybe you've heard of the NITI loop. You know, what is that? So NI, we know what that is. Introverted thinking is the third function of the, of the INFJ. I haven't talked about it much, but it's basically a logical process for making decisions. It's thinking about things logically. It's, it's maybe taking the conclusions from the introverted intuition and seeing, does this make sense? That's really what logic is, is does this argument make sense? Does this statement, does this opinion, does it make sense? I think one of the most stressful things for INFJs is when things don't make sense or people don't make sense, especially. Let's say a person is very inconsistent. They're, they're being sort of hypocritical in a way, like they said this last week, now their actions don't match the words. Um, like my mind picks up on that, like, like it's just like a red flag. It's just like blinding me in the eyes and I have a really hard time getting by that. Um, the introverted thinking 
is to blame, I believe, for that. So with the NITI loop, um, and I don't believe this is like a real technical term, it's just something that people talk about, but it's, it's basically when the NI and the TI, it's almost like you go back and forth from these two things and it's, they're both introverted functions, so it's all inside you. You're not bringing in any new information for either of these functions to work. And it's almost like these two functions are trying to come to conclusions, but there's not enough information to do it. So it's stressful. Um, but rather than go out there and get new information, whether that's sensory information, or you could even try to stretch yourself into some extroverted thinking and collect some data. INFJs naturally will gravitate towards their internal thinking, which is logic. And I think it'd be really healthy for an INFJ to go out and research data, like data-driven research can be really healthy. It's, I don't think it's what they naturally want to do. INTJs, on the other hand, it's their second function. They'll love doing that. So if an INFJ, you know, they'll use their intuition to kind of put this puzzle piece pieces together. But let's say they can't really get it. So now they're, they're exploring different perspectives. They're exploring different theories. They're using their introverted thinking to try to figure out what makes sense. But they can't really get to the bottom. You can kind of get this situation where you're bouncing back and forth between these two introverted processes. You don't have any new information and it gets stressful and it gets depressing, it gets dark and it's almost like these INFJs or INTJs almost like lock themselves away and just turns into a bad situation. So Asura Syke in his video was talking about INFJs and how he, you know, he counsels them sometimes or I guess coaches he said something he's noticed with INFJs, you know, sometimes on like philosophical questions like, you know, what's the meaning of life? What's my purpose? What does this all mean? What is the world here for? Uh, or on topics of religion, INFJs want to get to the bottom of that. And quite often, there isn't really enough information to fully answer these questions. You know, that's why religion requires belief. If you knew it, if you could find out the answer definitively, you wouldn't need belief. Um, you know, what is the meaning of life? Like there's no data or there's no logic. There's no external sensing that you can bring in to really answer that question. And your intuition is never going to be able to really put that puzzle together definitively. And so he said one thing that he's noticed is that INFJs, if they can't solve the problem, will almost go towards nihilism. And what is nihilism? Nihilism is like, nothing matters. This means nothing. Um, there's no point to life. Uh, this whole thing's pointless. My life is meaningless. I might as well not even try. And that's kind of what nihilism is. So nihilism isn't a very fun place to be. Um, it sort of accompanies an existential crisis. And I've had a few bouts of that in my life and I've come to these nihilistic conclusions. That's why I thought his observation of that was so, I don't know, I, I almost laughed when I, when I watched it because it was quite accurate. It kind of opened my eyes to it a little bit. You know, other personalities just don't seem as concerned. I, I, here I am sitting in my house obsessing about the meaning of life or you know, what it all means. And other personalities are like, what are you doing? Do you want to come to a party? Like, we're going for, we're going to a party. You want to come? And I'm like, 
how can you party in a time like this? So the ESTPs, they will be the opposite of this and they just want to go and have the sensory experiences. So what is the solution to that problem? Um, the solution is to get out of your head and talk to some people, talk to some friends. However, I think who you talk to matters. If you just talk to anybody, it's almost like it makes the problem worse. It makes you feel more alone. This person, you have to find a person that understands you, understands what you're saying, and understands the problem. If you talk to somebody who's just like, what are you, what are you talking about? What, what are you even thinking about this for? This, this doesn't even matter. And I, you know, a good counselor can be very helpful. I've said that before. But a bad counselor or a bad therapist it almost like it can make it worse. And I've actually had therapists before say like, what, you need to come back down to earth here. Like, let's, let's, let's talk, like, you need to stop worrying about that so much. Okay, come back down, right? And in some ways, it's maybe good advice for certain people. But what I really need, I've noticed, is somebody who's willing to go down there with me and really talk about it and make me feel understood. And even if there is no conclusion in the end, and I can't form that definitive conclusion, at least somebody was down there with me and I, I feel like I'm not alone. I feel like understood. So I think that can be a really helpful way to get out of that state. I'm sure all INFJs have spent time down there and it's a very lonely, sort of dark place. So I've talked about this concept of a three-legged table, and I don't think it's a coincidence that I've had to like talk myself into this state and sort of create this metaphor. Um, a normal table has four legs. It's solid, it's not falling over. The legs are like mini conclusions. We now have a solid table. We've, we've completely thought about this issue, and here is our result, this nice solid table. But let's say for a moment you can't quite conclude something. You can't figure it out. You can't find that meaning and really get to that understanding that you want. It's like having a missing leg on the table and the table starts to get teetery. I think it's vital for an INFJ to get to the point where they accept that. They just understand that many tables don't have four legs and there's nothing they can do to answer all the questions, to get all the meaning, to get all the understanding. Things are a work in progress. Maybe one day that three-legged table will get a fourth leg, but not today. And it's that NITI loop that doesn't accept that. It says, no, I'm going to figure this out. I have to figure this out tonight. So I really think the solution to that is to talk to people, get out of your head, but also this acceptance that not everything has an answer. All right, guys, so I think that's the end of the video today. Hopefully that was useful for you. If you have any questions, put it in the comments. And if you're not subscribed, I know every YouTuber says this, but it really helps. If you haven't subscribed, I know there's a whole bunch of people that watch my videos that aren't subscribed because I can see the stats. So just click the subscribe button and help me out. All right, see you later. Have a good day.